Hey, this is Sharon Srivatsa, and if you want to create a life with more money, more meaning, more freedom, you've got to listen to the Shit You Don't Learn in College podcast with my good friend, Z-Man Xander Fryer. How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. All right. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Shit You Don't Learn in College podcast. Today, my guest is my good friend, Sharon Shrivatsa. Now, Sharon is a four times Inc. 500 entrepreneur with five exits in the last 19 years. Sharon is a sought after keynote speaker and a respected thought leader for different resource publications such as Wall Street Journal, Success Magazine, Huffington Post, and Forbes. Most recently, he grew TELUS real estate properties by 10x in five years, which led to its acquisition for $3.4 billion. That's with a B. In addition to mentoring CEOs in his ultra-exclusive Legends program, Sharon also hosts the top-rated podcast Business School and is the creator of the wildly popular 5 a.m. club call for entrepreneurs. Now, in this episode, Sharon digs into the three rules to succeed in life that his parents gave him at a really young age, and he still uses to this day. We dig into how ordinary people can build extraordinary companies, even when they're like Sharon and they have ADHD, dyslexia, and they're the smallest kid in the class. We also dig into how his fight with a raccoon over Pop-Tarts when he first moved to America was a defining moment for him and his success in the future. And the 10-minute exercise that he uses to get rid of all of his fears, he does this every single morning, and he raves that this is one of the major reasons why he's been so successful. You're not going to want to miss any of this stuff. And don't forget... We only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this podcast, please share it on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. I'll see you in there. All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Shit You Don't Learn in College podcast. And we've got my guest, Sharon Shrivatsa here today. Sharon, welcome to the show. Xander, super excited to be here. And I don't think a lot of people realize that this stuff, you don't have to do this and people don't have to be here. But the very fact that you're spending the time, putting in the effort and making sure that you're getting great stuff out there is a testament to what you're doing. So I want to thank you for doing this because people don't realize how hard it is to actually do all of this. And all they get to see is the end result. So thank you for doing this. Excited yeah. to share. Well, hey, man, I got I to gotta throw it right back to you. You know, you were you were just talking about and we'll dig into this in a bit. But you were just talking about how you're literally taking 2021 off and, and you made the time to be on this show. So I, I want everybody to understand that Sharon is is on this show in the middle of his sabbatical just for your viewing pleasure 
entertainment and knowledge. So Sharon, I gotta, I gotta thank you back, my friend. Of course, man. Anything for you, man. Anything for you. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, uh, Sharon, I think, um, you know, the first question I just got to ask, we'll dig, we'll dig into, you know, we'll dig into your story coming from, uh, India to the U S you've got some amazing insights there selling a, a $3.5 billion business, if I'm correct. Three point four. Yeah. Uh, three. Yeah. So $3.4 billion business. Um, all the things along the way, you know, the, the, the Inc 500 lists, the several exits you've had, you've done so much in, in the business space. Um, but before I dig into all of that stuff, you know, I've, I've known you for a couple of years now and I, I sincerely think you might be the happiest person I've ever met. <laughs> like, are you just born that way? Like where, where does that come from? Well, yeah, I, I thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I think, um, we didn't have a lot growing up and the, yeah. the, you know, my, my, my mom and dad always, I had these three rules for me and I love these three rules and they talk about these three rules often, which is number one is he's, they said, Sharon, it's your responsibility to get your hands on anything and everything that you can use to learn. And so that means books, whatever, like anything and everything that you can use to learn. Number two, uh, whenever you are stuck, you should promise to ask questions. And number three, you got to be kind. And when, if those are the foundational things that I was raised with, it's a pretty happy life. Like they didn't say you got to be a, you know, pro athlete. They didn't say, you got to be a pro athlete. You got to be whatever. Yeah. So they just said, Hey, I want you to have this thirst of knowledge. Number one, get your hands on anything. Number two, if you have questions like ask, don't try to just go through life, not knowing when you have, when something is curious and number three, be kind. And that makes for a happy, that makes for a happy kid. And uh, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard not to be happy when those are the three things. It's, you're like, if I live by these three things, I'm good. Dude, and, and I also think that, you know, it's, it's, um, as you go through life, different experiences allow us to figure out our upper and lower bounds. Stuff that you, they don't teach you in college is yeah. your highest of highs and lowest of lows. Like, so for the CEOs that I mentor, I call it the, the, you know, the 5% rule, like the top 5% and the bottom 5% of everything that happens in your life, you generally have no one to share it with. So I, I'll give you an example of this. The, I've been very fortunate to have had five exits in the last 19 years. So yeah. five, five, five companies built and sold in the last 19 years. Well, we can talk about the failures in a minute, but I'm just talking about the exit <laughs> first, right? Uh, but the, the day that our last transaction closed, which we grew a business 10x in five years, so 3.4 billion. It was acquired by a publicly traded company. And I show up at home the day the transaction closed when the wire hit. And my this is my wife, who is a Ivy League MBA, so super smart. She tells me, hey, Sharon, our banker called. You should call her back. By the way, hey, can you grab some milk and get them bread and like take out the yeah. trash. Right? Literally yeah. it's, it's, and it's not that she didn't recognize that. I think what I, that top 5% joy, nobody understood that. Nobody could it's, share it's that. Very, it's very hard for somebody to share that feeling. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, and the opposite is very true as well. The bottom 5%, the pain, the, the, you know, I'll tell you one of the, the toughest things for an entrepreneur is the shame, the pain, yeah. the vulnerability, the shame. Shame is the worst of human emotions, right? And and people, we all go through that. I've gone through that in, in in certain ways, but you don't even you don't even have the courage to talk to your spouse about that or your partner about that. What do you yeah. do? What do you, if you have business partner problems? Who do you talk to about that? Like that gets very hard. So the I tell my I tell my 
the CEOs that I mentor, if it's the top 5% and the bottom 5%, we are making a pact that you are going to, you're going to share with me immediately, immediately. Yeah. Because that middle 90% you got like you got, that's fine. That's normal part of life. That is the normal distribution. Under this the 5% I, at the very top and the very bottom. That's why I'm here. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what shows me. That's what will allow me to help you create not the not the growth, but the step function growth. Yeah. Right. That's where I'm like, okay, this affected Xander so much. I have the ability to solve this, and that changes Xander forever. That's the cool part, right? Yeah. And, and so when when you have an outlet for your top five percent and your bottom five percent, the one thing it does it just elevates your joy. I love it. Right. And 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 so I my goal is you know to have a great support system in my life where. There is a place where I can share my top 5% and bottom 5% without judgment. And that's having that support system is what allows. I think that's kind of the key part too, right? How can you do it without the judgment? Because that's where the fear of the shame kind of comes in and everything, right? Totally. And and, and here's how you do it without the judgment. You, 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 you pay for it. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's a valid point. Right. I I mean, because if, if you don't pay for it, there's a relationship that is based on history and that history with that history comes judgment comes judgment comes all the everything else with it the baggage right. yeah but but when i pay for that professional mentor there isn't they care about me but they're not emotionally connected to my problem therefore there is no judgment yeah, it's, so, it's so interesting you bring that up because everybody that we work with you know the we'll, we'll probably get this i don't know two times a week right where a client will tell us like you know, Xander, like I'm sharing stuff with you or your team that like I've never shared with my 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 family, my spouse, my my siblings or like my closest relatives. And I'm sharing this with you guys. Yeah. Right. That's so interesting to me. Yeah. Because because I do. That's that's the um, I always tell folks this and this is welcome to shit. You don't, they don't teach you in college. Right. Yeah. Here's here's four things that almost everything revolves around especially in a business, but here are the four things. Uh, increase revenues, decrease costs, increase joy, reduce stress. There is nothing else. I love right? it. So literally, you have, yeah. a, you, have a, you have a decision that you have in your life. You're like, hey, I've got this new business partner. Awesome. Is this business partner going to help us increase our revenues? Amazing. Is this business partner going to help us decrease our costs? No, because I have to split my Yep. I take with him. No problem. Is he going to increase my joy? Yes, because I get along great with him uh, and, 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 and he's a great person to be around. He's going to bring culture. Awesome. Is he going to reduce my stress? Yes, because he can do the things that I can't do. I and get three or four. This do, is yeah. Good. yeah, this is good. But a lot of times people will just make a very one dimensional decision and they pay the drag of the other three. Yeah. Right. And so. Even my goal is to always just figure out, okay, well, how, what is this multidimensional view of making this decision? And you can do it very quickly, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I will tell you that if, for the folks that are listening, the number one place to kind of deploy this framework is in a client that you don't enjoy. Yeah. The increased revenue, decrease cost, increase joy, reduce stress. Like literally you'll be like, when I fire Jimmy, yes, I'm going to lose some revenue. I'm going to have the same costs. I'm going to increase my joy. I'm going to reduce my stress. Three out of four, Jimmy's gone. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Otherwise, it's the go back to the one dimensional way. Jimmy's on. Crap. If, if I let Jimmy go, you know, I lose some revenue. I'm going to keep Jimmy it's, on until I get so through. focused on like the scarcity of like, I need this money. When the reality is if they if they just let this one client go, 
they open up, they reduce their stress, open up their joy and open up space for potentially one, two, three more clients that are less stressful, less totally. pulling on their energy. To- totally. Dude, I'll tell you a really funny thing. Um, when, when my partners and I were running, uh, were running Telus, I mean, we had, you know, at, at the height of it, we had like a little over 850 people in the organization and yeah. it's not huge, but I mean, 850 people is 850 people. And um, for a it's private, bigger than my fifteen, so but, but uh, for a private company, right? For a private company, spread out eight hundred people. And my partner and I had we would do a we would do an evening check in every day. So we had a five minute call at the end of every day, right? And if we ended up talking about the same person multiple times in that in one week, yeah, they had to go. Yep. And I'm like, there are eight hundred and fifty people, and we spent our five minute check in call three times this week talking about Jimmy. Like we need to have a conversation about this. That's yeah. that's crazy, right? So when you can put small things like that, the, the the elevation of joy is super high in what we do. I love it, man. That's that's phenomenal. So t- tell me about like your upbringing. How did you get to this point? Like obviously of being so knowledgeable in business. You you came from New Delhi uh, to the U.S. and obviously we can dig in a little bit to your story there. But like, tell me about your upbringing. Were you always just like business savvy, people savvy? Like, talk to me. Uh, well, well, not really, right? So um, I was. So this is this is this is. It's fascinating because this is actually the title of um, my book. It's called Underdog, and I, I really yeah. believe that I was born an underdog. And the the subtitle is what really gets me going, which is how ordinary people build extraordinary companies. That's yeah. what I really wanted to get. And I and I would wager that I'm an ordinary person, and I'll tell you why. Um, and so so I was the. I was, a, you, you'll connect with me on this. I was the smallest kid in class, yep, right? right. <laughs> and I was, uh, I am colorblind and it doesn't matter why I'm saying that I'm colorblind. So I got kicked out of art class. I'm tone deaf. So I got kicked out of music class, right? I'm dyslexic. So I, so I didn't do very well in math. I have ADD, ADHD, so I can't read, right? So if you think about it for a second, and I'm this one of the smallest kids, so I got picked last on teams. And the combination of all of that it is a recipe for one thing, which is getting bullied. Yeah. Right. Like that's what happens. And so every, like every day, I was the guy getting shoved into the lockers every day. Right. And I didn't think, I didn't know any different. I thought that's how life was. My parents knew something was wrong, but I I had no courage to tell them that I was, you know, getting beaten and beaten at school. Dude, Xander, I, I will tell you, there was a, there were times where instead of walking from one classroom to another classroom, call it, you know, 50 yards away, I would run around campus so that I wouldn't get stuck with the lockers in the middle. Yeah. Right. So I would actually run like 405, 500 meters, like with my back to avoid this thing that you knew. Right. Right. And, 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 you know, I got hit my growth spurt in high school. Like I, I, you know, I'm I'm six feet tall now, but I, that all happened much later. Where's my growth spurt, man? That's not fair. (laughs) but the, you know, the, but the fascinating part is, I my my parents realized something, and during my like eleventh, tenth, eleventh birthday, I was sitting with my dad on a park bench, and my dad says to me, "You know, we're gonna give you like a better place to like live." And I go, "Like I'm eleven, you're gonna kick me out of the house? Like I don't. That's crazy. <laughs> looking back, you're that was me a treehouse? I don't understand. <laughs> but but it was amazing. So my but what my parents were trying to tell me, looking back, is that I was the only child. And they, they knew I was struggling with in school and they wanted, they, my parents were smart enough to know that it was an environment problem. 
Yeah. And and or, or they at least believe that, hey, our son, there's something special with our son. I just need to put him in a different environment where he can succeed. And they had never even left India. So to them, it was just this idea that he may do better in a different environment. Yeah. And what they what they didn't know was this is an amazing lesson for entrepreneurs. What they didn't know was they they, they overcompensated by what they knew, meaning they're like, I don't know where he will do well, but I know for sure it's not here. Right. Right. So the process of eliminate, like we need to do whatever it takes, just get him out of here. No, and no, yeah, just go completely elsewhere. Right. Exactly. So dude, my parents, uh, and we were not, we were, you know, we were lower middle class. My, my parents, my, my, uh, my father was a city college professor and my mom was a nutritionist. So they were not, you know, they were not rolling in the dough, but they had the biggest hearts. My parents sold every single thing that they had, everything down to my dad's like scooter, right? My dad sold, he sold everything that they had to send me to the US. Yeah. And, and I remember, I'll never forget this. My dad hands me a check uh, for one year's worth of expenses on at the airport. He's like, hey, here is uh, your first full year of college paid for, room, board, everything. And you've got some ex- living expenses in there, but you have one year. He's like, but that's all I got. Yeah. So here's one year. You have a one year head start. I know you can make it. And if you can't, don't worry. You can come back and we got you. So yeah. that was a, I mean, while that sounds, that was a good safety net for me. I was like, hey, I got a chance to go do something. If it doesn't that's, work, that's amazing. Back, like, that's, right? that's a lot of love for somebody to oh just my God. Yeah. T- Totally. Right. And so, um, but, but when I, and that was the, my entire goal of getting to, when I got to the States was, I have one year. Yeah. I have one year. And, and you know, this may be an interesting time to share a lesson with everybody, which is the, the lesson that I share with all entrepreneurs is this. The easiest way, even folks that have full-time jobs that want to make the switch, even that people that are having side hustles, et cetera, I always tell them the same thing. I go, you are on a mad dash to giving yourself a one-year cushion. Because if I, if dumbass me, can go do okay in one year when I'm 17 years old with all your experience, with your network, living in here, in today's world, you will do fine if you just knew that you had a buffer, a cushion for one year where you didn't have one year, a one year that you could be safe. Yeah. yeah just the, this, I, it's called, and, I, and I, I have a name for this in, in my money course. I talk about this. People call this a safety net, right? I call yeah. this a safety trampoline. Right. That's like the it. cool part. Right. Because it's not the it's not the net. I want you to look at this as the ability to bounce into something much better and the safety trampoline. And everyone's like, well, I want to say I'm like, no, your saving is not putting away 100 bucks a month. Your saving is doing whatever it takes to get a one year's worth, because if you do that, your life will change forever. Yeah. And, and, and so if that if people take nothing away, if you can just if you're in between things, if you want to like launch something new, if you want to build something great, you are literally like a one year cushion away, a one year safety trampoline away. And my parents gave me that gift. And, and in retrospect, I understand what that was. Yeah, uh, it was what, not like, what happens when you have that like one year trampoline, if you will, like it does it just like it helps you make better decisions. Like t- talk to me about that. A little yeah. Bit, so think, really think about this about for a second. Right. What what has happened because of the industrial age of the industrial revolution mm-hmm. is that we went to we went to kind of like bi monthly or, you know, every other week wages. Right. right. When we went to every other week wages uh, and we went to all expenses monthly. 
And so because now the monthly expenses were tied to the monthly income, everybody is they, they look at this monthly income as the safety net. And all yeah. all that that safety trampoline does is it you know, is it, it disassociates. It detaches you from from the it basically gets rid of the golden handcuffs. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I will tell you the greatest gift I got was early on was realizing that huh, this monthly income, that's not my jam. Yeah. And and it's very hard for people, like people, even people that have like done the monthly income and broken in and, and actually made it, they will still yearn for the monthly. I have entrepreneurs right now who have uh who used to have monthly incomes that now yeah. don't anymore and are doing really well, they will still like soft pay themselves a salary. Psychologically, it still yeah. messes with them. Yeah. yeah. They'll be like, I have my, I have my $400,000 set aside and I'm going to pay myself eight grand a month just so I feel better about my, I'm like, dude, like think about what you're doing. That, that's the mindset I want to ship people out of because now they're still in the, so even though they have rescued themselves from their nine to five, they've, they have forcefully trapped themselves they've, back. They've in built the themselves nine. another job. Yeah. 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 Which is, which is crazy. Right. And so my, my, my point around that is, uh, that was like my biggest lesson where my parents kind of unintentionally gave that to me. And yeah. I, my only goal, my freshman year in college was how do I make my second year's money? Like there was not, yeah. there was nothing else. Right. So yeah. every, the filter was where can I go? What can I do? Where can I go? What can I do? Where can I go? Because I'm just saying I got a year. I got six months. You had, got you had an outcome that you got focused on. Yeah. 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 And, you know, there's this great Dan Sullivan quote, right? He says, your eyes only see and your ears only hear what you're looking for. And yeah. and I love, like, to me, when people get stuck and they lose clarity on stuff or they're like, they feel stressed out, or overwhelmed. I'm just like, okay, well, what are you looking for? They're like, what do you mean? Yeah. I'm like, what are you looking for? And then now when you force them to like describe what they're looking for, it's easier to help them get there because I tell my wife this all the time. I'm like, I can't read your mind. If you want me to get you Thai food, like tell me you need one Thai food. Like I can't <laughs> yeah. read your mind. And yeah. so we, we need to, but your mind can't read your mind either. Right. So yeah. I think it's, 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 up, it's upon us to actually do a job, good job of telling our minds what we want. And defining it. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. So, yeah. So you're, so you've got this one year. I'm assuming you made it past one year. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll give you the two interesting stories. Interesting story number one is I um, first uh, this this may some of your some of your listeners may have listened to this story, but it took me all uh, our good friend Craig Ballantyne. Uh, actually, I actually shared the story first on Craig's podcast. I hadn't even told it to my parents. So what happened was <laughs> uh, they in my my uh, my first year I landed in Chicago, going to get getting to college. And I had like a couple hundred dollars in my pocket, you know, because I had a check. And so I show up at, at school and I walk over to financial services and I march down there and I hand them this check, which was for a whole year's worth of tuition. And the lady was as nice as could be. And she said, yeah. Sharon, welcome. Everything looks great. By the way, just, a, just a, something small. This is an international check. So it's going to take 10 to 14 days to clear. Like, so this was like 20 years ago. So it take 10 to 14 yeah. days to clear. And she goes, everything's good. You have your room and stuff, but your your board, your meal plan, your all the other stuff, your your bucks won't won't activate on you your card. You can't get yeah. yeah. And I said, well, no problem, right? I didn't think about it for a second. Then I show up in my room, I'm like, okay, I got. But you're at this point, you're essentially broke. Now. I have no, I, I yeah, I have like, I have, I don't have much money. I probably have 20, 30 bucks. I'm like, okay, I don't even have a way to get to like Walmart to buy peanut butter. I don't nothing, right? So yeah, but if if. For those that have been to college or thinking about it, the first week of college is 
is party city. Like everyone's doing rush. Everyone's doing like clubs. Everyone's doing like join math club, science club, all of that. And they all have pizza parties, right? So I yeah. crashed for a three-day period every pizza party that I could find, <laughs> right? And and to, it's to the, to the point where everyone knew that I just saw Sharon at Phi Beta Kappa. And I also see him at like science club. Like th- th- this is not the same avatar, right? Yeah. And so, but but I did that just to eat and it was fine. But then the parties died out. And I was like, well... I went 24 hours without much food and I knew that this was not going to last long, right? It was like maybe another week, but I needed to get some food. You needed to survive, yeah. Yeah, and I just walking down the walking down campus and I saw two guys actually take a, a they were putting stuff in a dumpster. And I was like they had these pizza boxes. I was like there's got to be some pizza in those pizza boxes. Wouldn't it be amazing if I could just get a slice before they tossed it? Yeah. Well, they tossed it and I didn't have the courage, so I I was like, hmm so I waited until like, it was already noon. I waited until evening. I I had, they kind of mustered up my courage. Nobody's watching. Nobody's watching. I put my hoodie on in the fall. It was hot. Jumped in the dumpster, rummaged through the pizza boxes, grabbed the pizza box, opened it up. There was like a couple slices of pizza in there. I grabbed it and I got out and I ran. I ran so fast that I didn't want anybody to see me next to the, those pizza boxes. And dude, I... That was a low for me, but I was super grateful that that existed. Like I was happy to do that. Well, another day goes by. That was, that was one of those bottom five percent. Totally right. Yeah. But that was bottom. I that was that was not even rock bottom. Let me tell you about what rock bottom happened okay. right now. Yeah. The next day, I was like, well, you know, if I found gold in the dumpster yesterday, I may find gold in the dumpster again today. Oh my God. So I'm walking by and just at that moment, I couldn't even make the stuff up. I saw a bunch of guys throw these big like Subway sandwich bags into the dumpster. And I, I can see the sandwich. I can see, it looks like a sandwich. I can see the sandwich. Yeah. And I go, come on, right? So I was like, I'll eat anything right now. You know, even if it's, even if it's, you know, even if it's ha- ham and Swiss, like I don't care. I will eat, I will eat the stuff. So I wait for that, wait for it to get a little darker. I jump into the dumpster. I see this bag of like, you know, uh, Subway sandwich. I grab it. And then I see the most all-American thing you can find, which are strawberry Pop-Tarts, a box of strawberry Pop-Tarts. And I'm like, I'm from India. Like I had no idea what strawberry Pop-Tarts were, right? I had zero idea. And here is this 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 uh, street light streaming through this little eight by eight dumpster. It smells terrible. I reach to pick up this box of strawberry Pop-Tarts because I'm there yeah. and something like scratches my face and I start like I put my finger on my face and I'm bleeding. So I look in the corner of the dumpster and I see these two yellow beady eyes. So there's this raccoon that had just swacked me in like right on my face. So now I'm in this dumpster trying to like wrestle for a box of pop tarts with this raccoon. (laughs) And, and I go, so, but, but that's, this is super interesting. That's when like fight or flight kicks in and I have no of memory of what happened. I literally you remember. You ended up getting into a boxing match with a raccoon over pops. 100%. Like kickboxing, by the way, I'm not touching this raccoon. Good. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't play safe. Like, so I, I, I literally kicked the raccoon, grab my pop tarts and this, not my, grab the pop tarts, not mine yet. <laughs> and it's probably the raccoon pop tarts. Let's use the right proposition here. And then I just get, and I run, I run so fast. And I'm like, I should probably get a tetanus shot, but yeah. let me eat first. So I ate and then I got a tetanus shot. And that's when I realized, I was like, you know what? This is probably, this is probably rock bottom. I, like I would have never felt this. I never, I never in a million years would have guessed that that's what would have happened when my parents had 
sent me for a better life. Right. And the shift was this, Xander. The shift was if this, if I can be okay with this, I can be okay with anything. And yeah. and and it did something for me, which I, in retrospect, I, I call it, you know, the, the the capacity, like just the capacity for risk. And most people's capacity for risk is that, hey, as long as I'm making my monthly eight grand a month, I'm good. Yeah. But my capacity for risk literally went from that to having a hundred dollars in my pocket to dumpster diving to then, you know what, just getting semi-mauled by a raccoon, right? And then I was thinking if my capacity for risk is what got better and it got better without me doing yeah. anything. Like well, you, of- you survived something that Correct. was, you know, very, very like you were kind of actually in survival mode. Like you sure. weren't eating, right? So it was really survival mode rather than most people's like, oh, you know, I'm going from 8K a month down to five or, you know, my, my 400K safety net is now 100K or yeah, something like that. Totally, right? So exactly right. And I think, and I think that, um, what I, what, what I would love for, and what I'd love for the, you know, the listener right now, if you're listening right now, you're in the car at the gym and you're listening to Xander and me, you don't need to have a story like mine. And I will tell you since then, life's been, I've been very grateful. Life's been better. We've had different versions of stress yeah. hit us, but life's been interesting and, and I've been grateful for it. But I will tell you that each one of us have had a moment like that. Yeah. In our in our world, but what we have generally done, and this is a lot, this is a lot of years of therapy. What we have generally done is we have just suppressed that memory, as opposed yeah. to making that be the catalyst for our capacity, right? And I'd say, uh, uh, welcome that memory because you survived it today. Well, and I think you you bring you bring up a really interesting point. You keep using the word capacity, right? And I think that's something that I kind of want to harp on you. That we started this episode with, like Sharon, why are you so happy, right? And I think part of it is because you have the emotional capacity to go down to the deepest lows as well as the high. You talked about the top 5% and the low 5%, right? Yeah. And when you when you kind of numb yourself out, like you mentioned, like if you try and, you know, bury it or put it back, you're numbing yourself out from both. Yeah. Totally. Right? So you have to be willing and courageous enough to experience the lowest of lows if you want to experience the highest of highs, right? T- totally. 100%. And 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 I want I I think the 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 our job is to welcome that. Yeah. Right. And, and, and if we don't, if we don't consciously, uh, this, this sharing this with you is as powerful and cathartic as, as it is for me, every time I share it as it is yeah. for you. Right. It, it reaffirms, it reaffirms what I went through. Uh, and for me, for me in my own way saying that, Hey, you did this, you'll be okay. That's a, that's really positive, and that's why I like sharing it. I, you know, I my, my coach calls it the ninety nine percent selfless, one percent selfish rule. Yeah. Right. And so you can come and you show up, but but it's important where you show up with. If you're just being selfless, then you start getting resentful. But this is a really good thing because every time I share this, it actually makes me a better person. And I want yeah. the, the my call to action is. It doesn't have to be like fighting with a raccoon or like being, you know, not having money or being broke or wh- not whatever. There is a, there is a, 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 there's probably negative stuff that happened in your life that were hardships. Just like look back and embrace those and say, hey, wow, I went through that. However small it was, can I learn from that? And can I make that, can I actually make that a part of me? Because now it like viscerally gets into your DNA. You can do so much more with that as a part of you. Yeah. So th- that actually brings up another thing that I-, I remember the last time we spoke at a conference together, you mentioned this 
And I thought I was the only weirdo that did this. And you mentioned that while you were building TELUS, while you were scaling TELUS during those five years, I think it was during those five years, um, you did like, I call it my fear journal. So basically a journal where I literally write all the negative crap. And I, like you mentioned, I make friends with all the negative crap in my head. I, I, I get it out. I, I welcome it. I allow it. And everybody, when I tell them this, they're like, yeah, but like self-development, like you got to focus on positivity, right? And I'm like, yeah, but the negative stuff is in there if we don't like give it the time to like come out. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So can you tell me about, cause I know yeah, you did something course, like that as well. Could you yeah. explain that process for you? Yeah, of course. So, so, um, think people don't realize this. They think that the negativity and the, 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 the tough stuff, they think that is buried and we need to yeah. go through a bunch of mess and a bunch of muck to get to that. In fact, I will tell you, it's the other way around. The negative, the negativity, the fear, the pain, the, 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 all, all of the anxiety is the lid to the joy of life. We just need to take that off. And so the, it's actually, there's a very easy way to take that off. And I, I don't know where this, I came up with this, but maybe it was my father. Fear has no place on paper. Fear has no place on paper. What What do you mean? Because if you can write down what you're afraid of, now they're just mere words. They're not swirling around. And daisy yeah. chaining into if this happens, what happens next? There's no, there's no if then infinite loop that's happening when you take that lid off. And if I get it on paper, now they're just a, you know, now they're just some thoughts that I need to reorganize and deal with in some way. And there's a way to do this. And, and I use a practice called morning pages. And I think, I think it's Julia something. I can't uh, remember who she, how, how she described this, but the, here's the exercise. I do still do it every morning. It probably takes me like, 10, 11 minutes, it's not hard. It's gotten to the point of being very mechanical right now. So people talk about journaling, right? They say, I'm going to get up and I'm going to write Dear Diary and all of that. To me, journaling is a very mechanical exercise. I have the same notebook. Where is it? Here. For those that are watching this live can can see this. <laughs> same, same notebook every day that I use. Um, and I write what's in my head. And Xander, like I will tell you what I write. My job is to write exactly the thought that is in my head. I am transcribing the thought to paper word for word. And there's a good chance you can't keep up. So it'll go something like this. I'm really afraid of, um, you know, the, the deal that we have that is going blowing up. Oh my gosh, my elbow hurts. Like literally I'm writing everything. Right. And it's not going to make logical sense. Not at all. Not going to flow. This isn't something you're going to publish in Harvard business. (laughs) No, but, but the, the mechanical key is you are transcribing yeah. The thought to paper and the goal is the, the thought's going to fly really fast. Yep. And the, the fear-based thoughts will show up over and over again. And to minimize them from showing up over and over again is when you capture them and the brain's like, oh, he captured them. So I don't have to show up again. I don't, I don't have to. He's got this one. Right. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Exactly. And, and it's just like, you know, for example, if we're like, hey, pay credit card bill, right? If we had to do that, if we write it down on our to-do list, we don't stress out about that anymore. But if we yeah. don't write it down, we are like, it keeps, it's, it kind of stays there. So I go through this process of just trying to like transcribe. And sometimes the, the thought will stop midway. And then I'll be like, wow, it's really hot in here. Like, and then I'll keep going, right? But yep. after about the 10, 11 minute mark, it'll slow down. It'll get to the point where it comes to this, 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 this abrupt halt where there's nothing left to transcribe. Like your mind is empty. And that is the moment where 
like what alcoholics refer to as a moment of clarity. Like that's where you that's see, true clarity, right? There. Yeah, you see everything in Technicolor. You're like you're part. You're you're in flow. You're part of the universe. That is like, and it's and if I told you it's a 11 minute exercise to be connected to the the the, the divine, the source, like something yeah. bigger than you. That's not a that's not an expensive exercise. Right? That's something that's something you should probably do every morning for everybody yeah. listening. Yeah, and, and the interesting, yeah, and the interesting part is I've got I just and I'll tell you the same routine every morning. I wake up, I do something called the five a.m. club. It's five minutes at five a.m. every single morning at five o six. I'm down. I put on a cup, you know, I put I brew coffee. I turn on the fireplace. I sit and I write for eleven minutes. It is the same yeah. time. It's the same routine every morning. Yep. And I think it's it's so interesting because I I literally have done something similar. Actually, it's pretty much exactly the same for the last about four years. So my my best friend committed suicide four years ago. Mm. And that's when I started it was literally just to kind of get all the emotions out. One of my mentors basically told me was like, you know, the emotions that you're going through, they're better out of your head and onto a piece of paper. Yeah. And he gave me permission. He said, I don't like, I, like you're talking about, like no judgment. I want you to put whatever comes up onto that piece of paper. And you could go burn it afterwards if you want. You could go rip it up and throw it away, burn it, like do whatever you need to so that nobody reads this shit and throws you in jail because you're going to think some really messed up thoughts, right? But he's like, just get it out. Yeah. And I did that for about six straight months. And, you know, that combined with a lot of other like psychotherapy that I do, like I I, I shifted my entire perspective of losing my best friend yeah. from loss and grief to you know, kind of like we're talking about this, this was something that I, for whatever reason I needed to go through for my own growth. Yeah. And, and I'm grateful for AJ in his life and in his passing. And it's it, it, like you mentioned, it's like the lid pulled off. Right. And underneath the fear, the grief, the the anger, the frustration inside was like a joy and a love and a fun that I'd, I'd never experienced before in yeah. my life. Dude, you're so spot yeah. on with that. And I'll tell you, there are three ways that yeah. you can get your emotions out. It's it's just it's 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 literally trying to you're taming the beast in some way, right? But there's three ways that actually works for most people, and I'll tell you what is not one of the three. Working out is not one of the three. Here's what a lot of people will do: let me just go work out, right? Yeah. And and you know when when and the, the problem there is you're not dealing with the emotion. You're you're putting your body through its paces to forget that. So you're tightening yeah. the lid, and so try to bury. Yeah, and I always tell people this. Okay, so like lifting weights is your drink of choice, right? Ooh. So so it, everything is your, there's a drink of choice in there somewhere. Yep. There's three ways. The ways are these. Way number one is to mechanically write it because there's a thought to, you know, kin- kinesthetic combination that gets kinesthetic it Kinesthetic yeah. Right. The second is like, like the emotional outburst, like cry. Crying is really yeah. healthy because now you're thinking about it, you're processing it and you're crying it out. It's a, it's a really good thing. And the, can I can I tell you a secret, Sean? Yeah, man. I, I had a really good cry last night because it is the it, it, well, seriously, yeah. it is. It's this coming week is the four year anniversary of AJ taking his life. Yeah. And so last last night, literally, just sat there with Maddie and bawled my eyes out for about twenty minutes, and I feel like a million bucks today. <laughs> well, exa- exactly, and, and and I think that's super important. And the third way, though, is converting the thoughts to words. That's where you'd have therapy and you talk about it. But for most people, that's really hard. So I'll actually give people a way around that. You don't yeah. have to convert thought to words. You just have to convert thought to sounds. You can go and yell, right? 
a lot of people think that they go to therapy and they have to talk through their problem. But the problem there is they have to, they have to now make sense of it. And they think that someone's going to judge. You just have to like, you have a thought, you're angry. You're like, ah! that's still, sorry about that. But like, that's still <laughs> so totally fine. But, but why do we feel amazing when we are angry and we yell? Why? Not that we feel yeah. amazing. We got it out, right? We got it out. And, and, and so anytime like my clients or any, uh, you know, the, especially the CEOs that I we've invested in, like my job with them is they're like, Oh, this writing stuff is too, you know, too, she's like, you know, it's too uh, woo woo for me. Too woo woo, maybe too feminine. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not crying. Cause I'm, you know, like my parents told me not to cry. And I'm like, well, yeah. go for a walk, find where there's nobody around, look up into the sky and think about and just yell. Right. Yeah. And, and you've got to find a way to transfer the thought into something else. Otherwise it's like, it's just, the lid will never come off. And, yeah. and I think that's yeah. our problem a lot of times. And once, if you're working with Xander and me, and if we can just take your, everything else is super easy. Like I was, was going to say, like, do, do you think that your capacity to be successful and other people's capacity to be successful? Like it's literally like, if you can just help get this lid off, everything else becomes easier. To right. Totally. And like most of the times when I, you know, in all my mentoring conversations, like when I do power days with folks, like when you do power days with folks, my one consulting, like they're from 9am to 2pm, I'm just trying to like flick that lid off. That's yeah. all I'm trying to do. If I can get the lid off before lunch, like we may, may make like $4 million today. Just from getting that lid yeah, off. Yeah, I just need to get the, because they don't have the courage to get that lid off from anywhere else because, because there's nobody that cares that is not emotionally connected to their problems. And it's not judging. Yeah. And and after doing this so many times, I can tell if it's an intellectual issue, if it's a I need to cry issue, I need to scream issue. I can tell so quickly because I've literally been through all of those myself. Yeah, because you, you've been all the way through the roller coaster. Because yeah. the, the tactics will only will look like band-aids and make yeah. you give you like kind of short-term uh, dopamine effect. But for the tactics and the strategies to actually sink in and work, you can't really do that on a on a on a you know on a shaky yeah. foundation. And that's, and that's the thing that I, I tell everybody we work with, right? It's like, we live in the information age, right? The tactics, the strategies, the, you know, you can learn the skills from YouTube for pretty much anything, right? All of that stuff is there for free yeah. in most cases, yeah. right? Really like the differentiator is like, just like you mentioned, can we open up your capacity to be the person that acts on these things courageously in the face of fear, takes that lid off and really digs in? Yeah, Dude, I'll, I will tell you, um, you know, the other day, I was in a Forbes interview and I'm so sad that this is probably not going to get published uh, because, you know, they, they write the articles for right. whatever readability. Right. And so it was, it was like, we were, um, it was, the interview was over and the guy's like, listen, man, if you could get like one message out, just one. And that was the only message. And I'm like, bro, that's really hard. Like I, that you can't give me like, tell me the one thing that's really hard. But as of, I've, I've got ADHD, I've got a lot to say, guys. But, 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 but as of that day, as of that time, I'll tell you, the, even now, the one thing that comes to mind is this. Um, we, the, the modern age of social media and uh, access to what other, you know, successful people are doing has actually affected how we deconstruct success. And so, yeah. so when people are like, well, I actually have a... CEO that we've invested in, who runs a portfolio company for us that we're investors in, says, well, Steve Jobs was really good at innovation. To be a good innovator, um, he was a jackass. He was a jerk. So I need to be a jerk. So he now thinks he needs to be a jackass. Correct. Right. Which is 
And, and so the interesting part is so I'm trying to get these people to understand. And here's the gift that I can give folks, right? Don't try to emulate Xander because Xander's experiences are Xander's alone. Xander's, you know, how Xander works is Xander's, Xander's thoughts are Xander's alone. Like there's so many unique formulaic shifts that have happened to create you that is very hard to emulate. It's very hard to become Xander, right? But here's what you can replicate. What you can replicate is ask the question, what is Xander's support system? Let me go replicate Xander's support system. Like if you want to be like Rocky Balboa, go get Rocky Balboa's coach, trainer, I'll, then you are so put yourself in that same environment that allowed them to succeed. One hundred percent. And so, yeah. like, replicate the support system, replicate the environment. And I, like, I tell all the CEOs that I mentor people in my mastermind group, I'm like, hey, listen, just the greatest thing that I can do for you is to be in your corner. Yeah, that is the greatest thing that I can do for you, right? And so, the difference between you and a Fortune 100 CEO that I'm in is that I am in their corner. That's all it is. So, it, it, the so when I talk to him. When I talk to my mentor, my one of my mentors, Peter Lowe, he built the largest immigration law firm in the world, right? Like he 14,000 attorneys around the world at 41 years old. And he was the intern and he grew to building that business. Like there's a there's a reason for that. When I'm hanging out with Peter, I'm not saying, "Well, what business model did you use?" No, like that's ridiculous, right? Cuz yeah. cuz trying to take that and apply it to my life is 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 irrelevant. But if I can say, "Hey, so I'm looking at, well, who did you go to when you were stuck?" When this broke down, what happened? When what's the process you implemented? Right, yeah. right. Like the, when, when you woke up every morning, like you know, what, like what were the habits? What were the rituals? Who was the support system? The faster you can install a similar support system in your life, the faster you're going to get to all. Like that is the fastest indicator of success. It's just replicate the support system. And yeah. and I always ask people this question. I'm like, so go with the idea. Right? You and I, you, you and I both know big man Tony Robbins. He's a cool dude. Like I always ask. I'm like, just go to that. Hey, if, if you could call Tony whenever you wanted, would you, would it be easier for you to win? And the answer is always yes. Well, why? Of course. Yeah. Why? And, and that's the answer, right? It's just like replicate the support system. You, if you got Tony in your corner, are you really going to like download another course online? No, that's the <laughs> point, right? Like that yeah. should give you the answer that you're going after the wrong thing. You should go after a better support system. You're, tr- you're trying to sh- you're trying to shortcut it. You're trying to find a like you like you talked about a, a less expensive way of doing it, but it's costing you your joy. It's costing you more stress. It's costing you everything else. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I told the Forbes reporter. I was like, and he's like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, interesting. Like, are you kidding me? Hey, if it makes you feel any better, Sharon, we'll make sure that it gets published. So it's going live. Don't worry. <laughs> that's awesome, um, Sharon. I know I want to be I want to be respectful of your time, and I know that technically you're off this year. Um, so I, I do want to thank you for, for, you know, uh, all the insight that you've given over this last hour or so, um, where can people learn more about you and everything on the horizon, including your book underdog? Yeah. Um, where can, where can they get more Sharon? Because, you know, frankly, every time I see you, I just want to get more Sharon. Too. I, so where yeah, can they learn? I, I appreciate it. I am, a um, my favorite medium to communicate my thoughts is, is the written word. And so I write a lot and uh, the easiest way to get uh, more of me is to just, I write a daily VIP newsletter to all my clients and my, and my email subscribers. So that, that will be the easiest way. In fact, uh, the easiest way to get on that is to get on uh, something that I call the four week MBA. It's a free four week MBA. What I did, Xander, was I recorded uh, 20 of my, over the last 20 years, I look back and I said, what would be the 20 most important lessons that I've learned in life and business? 
And I recorded each of them in under 10 minutes each. So it's 20 lessons under 10 minutes each. There's no opt-in. There's no like opt-in sales page. None of that. It's like a four week MBA.com. It's my gift yeah. to people. And then if they like that, they'll like kind of the, the daily stuff. I'm, but I'm on all the social platforms as, as well. But I spend my most amount of time on thinking and writing because uh, if I, hopefully sometimes it's uh, easier to, my favorite medium is the written word. So that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Just sign up for the four week MBA.com and you'll get my VIP emails. Beautiful. Amazing. So everybody go to fourweekmba.com. You're going to want to get in, into Sharon's life more and more because, uh, you know, just like he was talking about, put yourself in the right environments and you'll be more successful. So I uh, love it, Sharon. Thanks again for showing up. Couldn't appreciate you more, brother. Awesome, man. Thank you. All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.